The Lord is pleased with our praise, for God loves a cheerful giver. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this past week uh, the ways that certain, certain elements that you encounter can just become stuck in your head. Whether it's a movie or, or a song or music, there's just a way that certain things will meet you at a certain point in time and, and you just can't get it out. You know, a closing line in a novel, a final poignant scene in a movie, a catchy refrain from a song. I think for me it happens most often with music. I'll hear a new song that I like and I won't be able to get it out of my head. And sometimes I'll just have to listen to that song again and again. Just singing it to myself isn't good enough. I, I need to find that song, and then I need to listen to it, and it'll be this almost compulsion at first. It's like, I just got to hear that song again. I really like it. There are things that just stick with us. We encounter a movie or a book or a song in a singular moment, but that encounter has an ongoing effect. I think you're beginning to see what I'm getting at here this morning. A singular encounter can have an ongoing effect. I'd like to focus our attention this morning on the reading that we heard from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 4. I've titled this sermon, God Isn't Done Yet. Please pray with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. I can still remember the exact details of where I was when my wife and I discovered that she was pregnant with our first child. 215 St. Lawrence Avenue, Buffalo, New York, 14216. <laughs> It was our two-bedroom apartment that we had been living in since we'd been married. And we had just, my wife had just taken the pregnancy test. We saw that it was positive, and now it was a moment of excitement and joy and sheer terror. (laughs) What does this mean? What is about to happen? How our lives had changed. And there we were in our bedroom discussing all of this, realizing that we were already 15 minutes late to go over to a friend's house for dinner. It's like, okay, we need to get going. We're supposed to be at Kristen and Adams right now. And so we get in the car and it's only a five minute drive over there. And we're talking about this new chapter of our lives that's just unfolding before us at that moment. And my wife says, you know, we shouldn't tell Kristen and Adam yet, right? We, we need to wait a little bit. You, know, you, don't, you don't just want to tell anyone right away. But of course, as soon as we walk in the door. Hey, sorry we're late. Amanda's pregnant! (laughs) Um, Which was great, because they had a child themselves and were very helpful uh, throughout that first pregnancy, uh, just kind of giving us the, 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 showing us the ropes of what it means to be parents. But I tell you all this story because that one singular moment in early March 2011, when we got that news that we were going to have a baby, nothing was ever the same thereafter. The next nine months were all about preparation, reading way too many parenting books, arguing about what we were going to name this child, getting the nursery ready, you know the drill. And that was only the beginning. Because when Evelyn finally made her appearance on November 14th, 2011, that was just the beginning of a whole new strange chapter where everything changed all over again. I'm telling you all this because there are moments in our life like this where something will happen 
And it'll be a powerful moment. But that singular moment will actually just be the unfolding of an entire new chapter in your life story. Really, when we look at history, history is completely like this. We see this dynamic playing out again and again. Something happens, and then different events unfold as a reaction to that moment. I I was reading a book the other day that said all, it was trying to argue the point that all of literature in the 21st century is, in one way or another, a reaction to 9-11. Now, I don't know, we could argue that point. The author was very convincing in, in his details and arguments. But you get the idea. Something big happens in our history, and then everything is a reaction to it. Music, literature, movies, politics. It all has ripple effects from that one singular moment. My point is simply this, that often in our lives there are moments that have an ongoing effect. And that's what I want to talk about this morning because our gospel reading is actually focused on this idea. Something can be true right now and it can have an ongoing effect in our lives and in our world. Let's dig in, shall we? Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. There's Bibles in your pews. If you want to pull it up on your phone, that's great too. Luke chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Follow along with me. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, just Imagine what that must have been like. For Jesus to read this old familiar prophet about the Messiah in the synagogue, and then for him to sit down and say, today, this has been fulfilled. It's like he's dropping the mic, right? You know, those old prophecies? Yeah, well, that's me, JC, out, drop mic. Imagine the audacity. What must people have thought? They knew him. This was his hometown. This is the carpenter's son. And he's going to talk like that in our synagogue? But I don't want us just to focus on the boldness of Jesus' claim here. Because there's actually a much more subtle and I think more interesting point to pick up on. It's hard for us to understand because the English translation of this passage is notoriously incomplete. It's hard for us to translate exactly what Jesus is saying here because Jesus says to the crowd that this reading has been fulfilled in your hearing. But actually, scholars agree, a better translation of this would be to say, this reading has been fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus is saying that the fulfillment of the reading is true right now and that fulfillment will have an ongoing effect. Now, I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty details about the Greek translation for you here because, well, I was never that good at Greek. And also, I don't think it makes for a very interesting sermon. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
But here's the important point for us to take away. There's only a handful of times in the entire New Testament where words appear like this, in this particular form. There's only a few places where Jesus will say that something is true right now and it has an ongoing effect on people's lives. And this reading today is one of those few moments. Jesus is saying that the reading has been fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled. And you may be saying to yourself now, Pastor, you're getting a little too excited about this really simple idea. Jesus said something was true and that continues to be true. We get it. But church, I'm so excited about this because I think it has a perfect application for our life of faith. What we know about Jesus What we say about God, what we sense about the Holy Spirit today is true. But what's even better news is that all of that is going to continue to be true. You can take communion this morning and you will hear that this is the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. And that will be true in that particular moment. But the truth is that it will continue to be true throughout your week too. Throughout your year, throughout your life, the blood of Christ is shed for you today, tomorrow, and on and on and on. I know this sounds obvious, but it seems to me that we really tend to not live our lives with this type of knowledge front and center. So many people have a faith life and they have the rest of their life too. Or or they'll come to church on Sunday, but then they'll be road raging as they leave the parking lot. We know that Jesus loves us on Sunday, but then on Tuesday, we don't really care because someone at the office isn't doing what we told them to do. But Reformation, Jesus has an ongoing effect on your life. It's not just for today. It's for every day. There's no such thing as a spiritual life because it should be your whole life. I told you earlier that there's only a few places in the New Testament where we find these words that mean right now and ongoing. But do you know where there's another one? I found this to be really interesting. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Let me read that for you. For by grace you have been saved. But a better way to translate it would be, for by grace you have been saved and will continue to be saved. In other words, you're saved right now. But that salvation is going to have an ongoing effect on your life. When you let Jesus into your heart, it changes you in that moment. It's powerful and it's magical and you can't really describe it. And some people call it a thin space where heaven and earth meet. But however you think about it, the truth is that it changes you. One event, one occurrence, one shining moment of really experiencing the presence of God in your life has an ongoing effect and nothing will ever be the same. Here's what this is really all about. I've been saying all along that when Jesus gets into your life, it has an impact in the moment and an ongoing effect, right? Well, that means that when Jesus says in the scriptures this morning that they have been fulfilled in our hearing... That means that what Jesus is saying is simultaneously a promise and an invitation. The good news has been fulfilled by Jesus and it will continue to be fulfilled through us. Through the work we do. Through the ways we live out Jesus' mission. When we hear my words, Jesus says... The poor will have good news. The captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will go free. And you will know salvation. And this is good news. This saving and freeing and healing, it will continue to happen. 
It will continue to happen because Jesus has invited us to continue his ministry. And we need to recognize that. That God is still setting the captives free. God is still healing the blind. And more often than not, God is doing that work through us. We are the hands and feet of God at work in the world. We are the continuation of Jesus' ministry. If I had to sum this all up simply and put it on a bumper sticker, here's how I'd say it. God isn't done yet. Let me hear you say that. That's all I'm trying to say here. The, the scriptures are fulfilled right now as we hear them, and there's an ongoing effect because God isn't done yet. You might think that you've gotten yourself into a really big mess, but the truth of the gospel is that God isn't done with you yet. You might think that you're beyond redemption, that you just screwed up too many times and you can't get it quite right, but God isn't done with you yet. Oh, and worst of all, worst of all, we all struggle, all humans since the beginning of time have been trying to answer that big unanswerable question that looms over the end of our life. What happens when I die? Where do I go? What happens to my loved ones? Is it really goodbye forever when we close the casket? I know a lot of people ask these questions, but as Christians, we've been given a clear answer because we know that even in death, even at the grave, God isn't done yet. I got one more thing to say, and then I'll sit down. As I've been reading through this passage this week, And thinking about how crazy it must have been for Jesus to just stand up and give a sermon and then sit down and say, the scriptures are fulfilled. I couldn't help but think about our annual meeting. Now, we had our annual meeting here at church yesterday, and it was a good meeting. But as I was thinking to myself this week about it, I was just thinking, what would happen if I got up to give my pastor's report and I said to the whole church, after just one year of ministry, I said, well, the kingdom has been fulfilled. And then I sat down. Now, I know you're all kind, reasonable people, but I also know that if I had done that, there would have been a revolt. (laughs) Because it has been an up and down year, right? (laughs) We've had some successes. We've had some setbacks. I've made some mistakes. We've seen some growth. And then there's also just everything else going on in our world, right? We can by no means say that the kingdom has been fulfilled in 2018. But the truth is, the truth is is that The Holy Spirit moved in this church, and it moved in me about a year ago when I became your pastor. And we all had all sorts of expectations about what this year would be. We all had all sorts of hopes about what would happen once we finally had a pastor. And after one year, I know we might not be where we were hoping to be, but do you know what? God isn't done yet. God isn't done yet. And we take hope in that promise. And it is true today And it will have an ongoing effect on our life. Whatever is happening in your world today, I want you to know that God isn't done with you yet. Whatever hope you are clinging to, know that that is only the beginning. Because God isn't done yet. And here at Reformation Lutheran Church, where we've had our ups and downs, where we've had our struggles and successes, we know that God isn't done with us yet. So let's look towards 2019 with hope, with security, With joy, because God isn't done with us yet. Amen. Amen.